elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Gentlemen, welcome to an Elegant Weapon episode 348. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay the Jedi, Ross, Ross, Jedi, Jay, and it is oh so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies joining me here tonight in the Smoking Pod studio. Without further delay, let us continue our conversation with the Dark One, the Dirkalicious One. Part two of our conversation with the writer of Haunted Hions, Hope and the tales of mystery, our very, very good friend, the one and only Mr. Dirk Manning. Please enjoy. Just well, the reason we were talking about this hell thing is because of this crazy tour you're about to go on. And, yes. and state, state the stats again. <laughs> nine it, shows right. in nine weeks across five states. With five book releases. Jesus Christ, man! And how do the it's five a, book releases happen over five weeks? What is that? Well, over like? nine weeks, five book releases and over these nine are, weeks. And, but you're meaning like these are variants and stuff, right? No, 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 no. What? No. How are you? How are you have that many titles coming out in a month? What do you mean? Well, it's nine, nine weeks. weeks. That's what? That's nine two weeks. months. Two, two months, months in a week. So <laughs> here's what we got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the Haunted Highons, uh, Darkness Rises trade paperback. On October 1st. Right. Launching. So that's one. Uh, I'm going to try to go in order. I don't know if it's going to succeed. Uh, Tales of Mystery Volume 4, which has been done for a while, but it's getting national release. Right. Uh, in October. From Devil's Due. That ends my contract with them. That's two. Uh, I actually have two issues of Hope coming out during that time, but I'm just going to count Hope as one title, even though there's two issues and two variants on top of that. You know, so, but I'm going to call Hope is three. I've got two issues of Hope coming out. Four, October 26th on uh, Halloween Comic Fest. Cthulhu uh, Jr. Is uh, Cthulhu Jr. and Dastardly Dirk with co creator Scoot McMahon and colorist Sean Burris. Scoot's, that great. <laughs> Scoot's incredible. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, we could do a whole show. He's a guy. Has he been on the show? I, not, not yet. I, I got to do it up listen, with Scoot. Yeah. We're going to talk when we get done here off the air about. Guys like Scoot, who you need to have on the show. Cause Dude, trust me, there's a fucking long list. <laughs> I know there's a list, but I'm just saying we need to. That needs to happen. Yeah, because he's part of the Source Point crew now. So absolutely, uh, Cthulhu Jr. That's four. And then on Halloween, I'm launching the Kickstarter for the Tales of Mystery Act One Omnibus. So that's five. So an Act One will consist of the first four. Right. The first four volumes. Right, It'll be right. minimum a 550-page. Because you got all this shit coming out, and then I see a couple, like a week or two ago, you got the pad and pen out for Tales of Mystery number five. And I was just like, can you give yourself a fucking minute, man? Like- well, yeah, I'm working, yeah, yeah. Well, well, see, that's the thing. Like right now, I'm working on Tales of Mystery volume five. Uh, I'm gearing up on uh, Right or Wrong volume two. Uh, potentially, you know, a lot of people keep asking, is there going to be more twisted stuff? It's like, well, right, right now our focus is the Kickstarter, but obviously we would like to keep going on that. Uh, that series is a lot of fun, man. I hope uh, that keeps chugging along as long well, as it well, can. Let's, 
you know, we'll see how things go. Um, you know, and, and that doesn't even doesn't even consider the fact that the uh, Legend of the Shaders, the the book with the Harp Twins, the one shot. That's right, not, right, right. You know, um, I got a question so, about Twisted. Yeah, and what I was surprised to see in the books was the pulling back of their own curtain. Because mm-hmm. not that they try really super hard to keep Jamie and Paul on the back burner, but I was really surprised after reading the series to see that they went with kind of how they are in real life and showed them their real life side and showed them Son's makeup. I did not expect to see that, to be honest. And then I was like, this is very cool that they – I don't – was it – did you write that first and make sure they were cool with it, or was that something you guys had discussed? Like whether it was going to be the, pure Madrox and Monoxide, or would Jamie and Paul kind of be in there? Like how would you handle that balance? They gave me a very loose outline for the original one-shot, and that's the direction I, I proposed we take it, is that they put on the makeup when they are ghost hunting, when, when, they, they, are acting, right. when they are acting as twisted. But if they're just hanging out by themselves – Wearing makeup, it, it it just seemed a little too goofy, you know. Right. right. Well, I love um, that you guys went that way. Like, it yeah. Just, so it, yeah. to me, I, I wanted to show that these are guys, and that and that they recognize that they are not always Madrox Monoxide. Sometimes they are Jamie and Paul. Right. You know, because um, they have a weird balance too, where they don't like to. It depends who you're interviewing. And who you're talking to, you know, mm-hmm. because certain questions they'll answer and then certain questions you weren't even expecting to be an issue, they kind of scoot around and you're like, oh, uh, I'm confused, well, right? It's just know, the I lore, mean, the lore of the history of Twisted, how they've well, always I, I, existed, I'm gonna, you know? I'm going to pick at that word for a minute. It's not the lore, it's the brand. Right, right. And but the there's brand. Their brand is not about their personal life. My brand is not about my personal life. My brand is about what we're talking about right now, what I do, the books I do. I'm doing nine, uh, nine right, shows right, a right. night. But you, you know, know what I mean as far as like they were willing to talk about their actual children. Yes. But but as as the characters who have existed – for it was just like a weird dichotomy of the two. It Do you is. know what I mean? Well, where yeah. you live a life, you know, where you're you're Dirk Manning. Everything is Dirk Manning. I only know you as Dirk Manning. Like, right, right. You know, you're Dirk Manning. But right. those guys sometimes it's twisted, and sometimes it's Jamie and Paul, and they and it and it, it melds together in weird ways that it mm-hmm. makes for a fun little trying to figure it out session for me because it's all new to me still, right? Like, sure. I was never like a fan of that genre, and just you know, I'm getting to know it. So, well, well, you know. really, what it is is. With anybody with any level of of celebrity, and I, I I made air quotes, you don't see it, but any level of celebrity, you you have to decide what's going to be on the table and what's not, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's plenty of stuff about them that I know that I would never discuss. Just like there's you know, like of you course. and I are friends. There's right. stuff that you know you and I know about each other that we wouldn't put out there because right. You know, it, it, it's nice to be able to turn off. It's like I think back to last year, you and I at Astronomicon at the if, just when when we had a chance, you and I just to sit down and talk. Yeah, that was yeah, and we can just great. talk as friends, and no yeah. one's around, and we can just sit there. And it's not that I'm a, a different person, but I'm not on. 
No, but even when you're on, it's very clear cut. You have clear cut rules to to, <laughs> to your brand. You know, this is what right. I'm saying. Your yeah, brand is has clear cut rules right. that are easily to understand. Theirs is like a work in progress, and I'm trying to figure out the philosophy. Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah I mean, and it, it's fun. Like I love getting to know those. Like, cause they're such nice guys. Yeah, like well, such our, nice guys. Well, and, and I think too, with because their brand is so, and this is just, you know, being philosophical. Maybe something you can ask them about. Because their brand is so extreme, the twisted music, you know, murder, murder, kill, kill. Yeah, blah, you can't blah, keep yeah, it that, up. That, all that, yeah. Well, not only that, you all. They think. I think they also want to let people know. No look. We right. have families. Right. We have kids. This is this is our catharsis. With me, with my Dirk Manning brand, it's just me turned up. It's not like I don't really like horror stuff. I, I do. I am in my office right now surrounded with horror stuff and comic stuff. Well, people and see your videos stuff. on Facebook every day, and it's not like you make a point to go put on your black clothes to make your five-minute fucking right, right, video right. and then go put your Hawaiian shirt back on and your fucking well, sl- like sweatpants. Or For the record, I do not own a Hawaiian shirt or sweatpants. Do you know what but I mean, right. though, right? Like <laughs> It's it's you, but it's right. right. It's you amped right. up a little, but 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 Jamie and Paul are not entities of a spiritual nature that have existed for hundreds of years. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just like I said. I think it's because their brand is so extreme that, in fact, um, gosh, I there's an easy way. Hmm, man, how, how can I say this? Having talked to other people who are discovering Twisted as well, they have been enamored with that same thing that you are. Okay. About how their brand is their brand, but then they also pull back the curtain a little bit to let people see, by the way, we don't believe our own hype. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't, any hype I have as Big letters, Dirk Manning. I separate that from little letters, Dirk Manning. Right. Who I, you, you, you know, I mean, absolutely. There, yeah. There's layers upon layers to all, any of this stuff, but I think it's a way of letting people know that we know we're musicians. This is our jam. We do it because we love it, but this is not. We do not go and, you know, Go talk about murdering people in her off time. Right, you know? like like the family thing. If I had an yes. instant concern in any way that my kid was actually getting off on this stuff, like that's a whole a way, that's yeah, that's 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 you know, and and hopefully that would be pretty clear if there was an issue. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, just Absolutely. yesterday at breakfast, the waitress offered him the last lollipop they had, and he saw this little girl, this like three year old little girl, who was like wouldn't get one, so he was like, no, no, and he gave it to the three year old girl. Yeah, it's such a simple little thing that makes okay. My my boy's a good boy, right? <laughs> like he, he's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, and and, that, and that's exactly that that that's exactly the point. You know, right. Just just letting people know that your brand is not your life. Right. You know, there right. are plenty. Believe it or not, there are times I don't talk at all. 
They're my favorite <laughs> times. You know, it's like it's like I I'm sitting here writing, I'm pounding on a keyboard and just writing. You know, people are like I've never seen Dirk Manning turn off. And I'm like, well, no, because you only see me in public. <laughs> well, luckily I've I've befriended you enough over the years to a point where I have seen you almost ready to drop from time to time. Well, even like I've seen your to... brain in the mushiest of mushies. Yeah, or or even like. <laughs> When we go to Chipotle or something, yeah, and it's like that break between show and after show. Dude, like, it's the end of the Avengers. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, your yeah, shawarma. Sometimes you, you gotta get your shawarma moment. You yeah. see where I'm just like, but then you've also seen where I sit there and I'm just, just calm. Like I, I listened to this moment at Grand Rapids Comic Con years ago. Uh, the show was over, and we all went to Derek Becker's house. Uh, from obviously from you know well, comic pros and cons on hiatus. Yes. But uh, we are at his house, and a bunch of the cherry uh, the C four guys were there from Cherry Capital Comic Con, Pat Qualls, stuff like that. And I get there, and and Derek's wife made these amazing chicken wings, amazing. And we'll get back to like comic stuff in a second. But th- this I guess maybe the, 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 the nail in the coffin of the story. What's that? <laughs> Mel's never made me chicken wings. Well, she made them just because everyone was coming to the house. Right. She didn't make them just for me, but they were, you know, go to Grand Rapids Comic Con and you'll get the chicken wings. Of course. So, and I'm sitting at the little table. Everyone's in the living room and talking. Because and, they'd been there for a few minutes. I got there a few minutes later because, go figure, you know, the show took more time. Oh, no, I remember what it was. I had to go to the after-party dinner real quick where I talked to Kane Hodder. I saw the Harp Twins there for a minute, did that circuit. Then I went over to Derek's place because we were all then going to go out and just go go to the bar, go karaoke. So I get there, and I walk in. There's some chicken wings left, and everyone's in the living room kind of bullshit and stuff like that. I'm in the kitchen, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just eating the chicken wings by myself. And, and Pat, you know, where's Pat at? Pat comes walking in. He goes, are you okay? And I'm sitting there, and I have this little plate of chicken wings in front of me. And I'm just eating all the chicken wings, and I pull it away from my mouth, and I just go, I'm just eating these chicken wings, brother. <laughs> and I just started eating the chicken wing again. He's like, okay. You know, and, and, and it was like 15 minutes. Just, I wouldn't be a rooter. I mean, I'm like, I go, yeah, man, just, just eat my chicken wing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and he kind of sat there for me. Like, I think he was afraid I was going to die or something. And he's <laughs> watching me and it's just me and the chicken wings. And they're so good. And just eating them. And I sat there and I just had a drink of water for a minute or whatever. And I'm just sitting there. And just not doing anything. And he's kind of like over in the corner kind of watching like, is he going to have a heart attack? What the hell's going on? <laughs> and I look up at the clock and let's say it was 10.15 for argument's sake. And we had to be at the bar at 10.30. It's 15 minutes away. I look up the clock. It was like, like, all right, motherfuckers, let's get going. Let's go get you. And Pat just saw me like, bam, that switch flip. <laughs> but like, I look at the clock and I'm like, Thank God for fourth and fifth and sixth wins, eh? Yeah, like, all right, let's go. You know, and then you got to be on for a couple hours again. Yeah, you man. Know? Yeah. He saw that 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 switch flip. So um, that's just you have. To, of- it's not just taking a break, but breaking properly. You know, knowing yeah. where you got to go. If you got to just right. be alone in a corner and do that and go to that place for a few minutes, mm-hmm. you got to you got to have that kind of break. You know, you My, can't just. Uh, yeah, yeah, my my grandmaster in Taekwondo said years ago. He said, "Whatever you're doing at the time should be what you're doing." Yeah, totally. So if you're eating, eat. When you're training, train. That's some Zen Buddha shit right it, it there. Was, it was, but it, it was a life changing yeah. moment. You know, it was like, whatever you're doing. If you're with your friends, be with your friends. Yeah, yeah. 
Nothing bothers me more than a bunch of people at a table having dinner and people start fucking getting on their phones and checking their Facebook. Dude, that's or- my, one of the favorite things of my new house is I have a dining room. My old place didn't. So yeah. every, every night since we've lived here, I have cooked dinner and we have sat around the table. No phones, no nothing, and we have just ate and talked. It's been great, man. Even if it's 20 minutes. Yeah. Even if it's 15 minutes. Christ. Sit down. Enjoy. And that's one of my biggest mantras. And I've told like my friends this, and people got pissed. I think I'm like a dad or whatever, you know. But I'm like, but I'll say, hey, why don't you enjoy the company you're with? Yeah. You know, it's like, really? It's like we're sitting here trying to talk at dinner. and you're. I mean, I understand there's an emergency or something like that, but, you know, just like I never post pictures of where I'm at when I'm there, if I'm having dinner with my friend or something, I'll take a picture maybe real quick, just to save the moment, post it later. But we're here now. Yeah. And be, be there. Yeah. Whatever, be, whatever you're doing at the time, do that. And I love that what I'm doing at this moment in this time is talking to you, my brother. Oh, thank you. my brother. Um, we didn't, I'm very proud of us this episode and I'm very proud of you actually, because I, I love the fact that we have gotten to be good enough friends over the years. I consider you a brother that Absolutely. we have almost completely kicked all the promotional instinct out of your podcast conversations <laughs> with me. Because in the beginning, in the beginning, when we first started podcasting, we wouldn't be two minutes in and you'd be going into your fucking spiels because, you know, that's what you do. You're here to promote your work, which I get. Uh, sure. But you, you, you have now learned the way of the weapon enough over the years that that shit just don't work sometimes because we's just going to shoot the shit. And you should be happy I came up with a one-word theme as it is the way we usually I, do this crap. I, I am, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's great. I, I will say in the spirit of the family promotion thing, I would be remiss if I did not bring up that family even ties into Hope and Cthulhu Jr., both books coming out through SourcePoint Press. I was just about to say, we got, okay. we got, this is the run. So Dirk, you're going on this mega, mega run tour, nine books, nine weeks, nine shows, nine no, planets, nine not, types of ice cream. No, it's the nine to five, do you remember, it's the nine to five tour. Okay. Nine shows in nine weeks. Five states, five book releases. Beautiful. Um, kids. Hashtag 95 tour. Of course, point. Tales of Mystery. It's going to have a beautiful act one wrap up ending party event. And oh, then eventually more mystery will come. Hope. Yes. Hope, which if y'all didn't get uh, uh, from Free Comic Book Day, you're just foolish. But I know that a lot of you did because at least a lot of them around here went. And uh, Hope is uh, Dirk and Kaylin Smith, uh, uh, their take on. Uh, the superhero genre. It's a superhero book without being a superhero book, and it's a very cool story. It's a very emotional story, and uh, I've really, really enjoyed it. And, of course, Haunted High Ons, starring Twisted, uh, drawn – are you ready for this? Mariana de Picosta and Alejandro de Fornio. You're close. Mariana, Pe- Mariana Pescosta. Pescosta. And Alessandro de Fornasari. <laughs> That's where the de was. It's an Alessandro yeah, de yeah, Fornasari's yeah, name. I love those guys so much. And we've hung out and I should have their names down by now. Hey, man, uh, look. Please call me Italians. 
Yeah, the 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 Italian uh, guys uh, over it, there. Except with reverence and yeah. love, they are they are they are dear friends of mine. But yeah, uh, we just got I'm to... I'm greatly looking forward to Astronomicon three. Um, that's going to be a hell of a party, a great good time. Uh, and next year. Uh, we took it a little easy this year. There was a lot of things that came up, just had to settle, just had to clear the board, and uh, all those things went miraculously well, kids. So uh, 2020 is going to be a really exciting year for Dirk and I, as I am going to be back hard on the trail, uh, triumphant return to Motor City Comic Con, uh, you know, and uh, everywhere else that we're usually at. We hope to be again, going to go, uh, going to go cruising. Um, Dirk and uh, I have talked about this for many times, but 2020 is going to hold something very, very special uh, for Dirk Manning, a, a first of, 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 of things to happen to Dirk Manning. I won't get into it uh, too much, but I guarantee you, that's how hard I'm going with this, kids. I'm going to I'm going to guarantee that this happens. Oh, next year. <laughs> and uh, Dirk's going to believe and Dirk is going to feel I, the north. That's all I'm going to say. Dirk is going to feel the true north next year. And I, there's no yeah. fucking way it's not happening. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I, I believe me. I, I there's really I, literally I, we, we the right people already know. The right shows are already prepared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that, that's fair because you do have to be prepared. If you're bringing, I have been working on this for fucking years to get your cat you ass into Canada, you and I have, have set the pieces, my friend. You have. The, the, I know. I have tough. set the pieces, and and it's it's we're raring to go, especially uh, with Source Point Press North. Uh, and uh, all the beautiful things that were happening out. Um, before we go, we're going to talk about one more thing to do with family. Oh, yes, please. He's a brother of you and I. His name is Bob Sally. Yes. He sent me a special little PDF preview of a brand new project coming out from himself and a, and an artist that I've known of for years that I learned uh-huh. about on Twitter. I learned about this guy on Twitter maybe seven years ago. He's out in, in Russia. His name is Stan Yak. Uh-huh. Uh, those Bob and Stan, with the help of a few other individuals, are bringing to the world a book called Broken Gargoyles. Mm-hmm. So you have read this as well. <laughs> How far should I pull back the curtain, brother? <laughs> <laughs> I know you helped out a lot, so and all that, but you know yeah. you have. I'm just making sure because I, yeah, you know, I have you and I haven't talked issue. about this. If you and I have read the same, you know, yeah, we have, we have read the exact same issue, the exact yes. same shit. So I, I am. I, I almost don't know what to say about this book. I mean, I knew the art would be insane because Stan Yak is as top level as anyone else in this industry. This guy's art, and for years has been, uh, it reminds me of guys like Ken Lashley and, and McFarlane at times. And uh, he's even got a lot of Ryan Lee in him, which I think is why I like a certain amount of the splatter work that he does. Will's, Will's Pistachio a lot. Okay. You know, uh, the guy did... Um a lot of that, you know, Marvel stuff over the years was one of the image guys with the sure. and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, no, Stan's great. Just blows my mind that he's not like huge. And and you know, Bob, Bob's, Bob did great. Salvagers was very, very, very exciting. And Bob and I have talked about his progression through his writing, through his books. And one of the cool things that I was very impressed about with Ogre is how he learned to pull back. Because it, not that it's bad dialogue, but Salvagers is a very, very heavy dialogue-heavy book. 
Mm-hmm. There's lots going on, big old word bubbles, which is great. I mean, it's a sci- sci-fi epic, and I loved it. But Ogre had to teach him to really pull back to, you know, and I give that credit to Sean Daly because Sean Daly has always had such a beautiful, natural instinct for the balance between his writing and his art. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he's a very giving guy, especially when he gives up the writing aspect of it. So I think he he put Bob in a mode of, 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 you know, of, of simplicity that Bob, you know, really needed. And I think Broken Gargoyles is the perfect meld in between uh i'm so excited for the world to see this book but right dirk like really really next level shit i'm thinking all right here we go are you feeling it with me uh, here we go i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna throw down and pull back a little bit (laughs) all right i've known bob a long time yeah and uh years ago you know bob and i tabled next to each other uh, before he was even with uh, Source Point doing salvagers, and that was that year. Ta- T2 eats you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a we had a big long talk, him and I, throughout the weekend. We talked a lot about, you know, he got to that point where a lot of writers get to, they're like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know if this is the right thing to do. And I'm not saying that Bob had a moment. This is something any creative person that does this, any every every creative out there listening to the show right now that have gone this deep in this interview should be like nod their head like yeah I've been there I've been there yeah. and we talked I told him I said Bob I said you have all the tools man but you're at that point now you gotta decide are you just gonna grind you gotta grind right now there is no quick way I said I didn't get to where I am not grinding but you gotta go through this is the point in the everyone's career which makes or breaks them where you are right now you gotta decide. What do you want to do? And he kept going. And uh, and Bob is an incredible writer. He, he, you know, but what's interesting is when you bring up things like ogres and then you bring up things like broken cargoyles. And again, Salvagers is really great, too. Salvagers, you know, is the book that he really cut his teeth on above everything else. And I think Salvagers is one of those books that I hope in time people loop back to and recognize how good that book is because it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. With ogres. You know, uh, Bob had a, a lot of editorial support on that book to make that book shine the way it did with Broken Gargoyle. So he did Ogre. Ogre did really, really well. You know, Sean's art's incredible. Lightning in a bottle type thing. People got to know and get it. And Bob, if you're listening, I, I, I want well, to tell be you right <laughs> Good. Well, I want you to know, Bob, I'm not going to. Put anybody in any buses. I mean, I'm going to honor the confidentiality of our conversation, but I think this is an important thing for people to understand big picture. Bob and I talked about what was next, and he told me about Broken Gargoyles, and he had this idea for this story. And I think, and I think even Travis told maybe told Bob to talk to me about it. You know, he's like, talk to Dirk, get some ideas on this. You know, yeah, because Travis was instrumental in helping Bob get Ogre to where it was. He was. He was. Well, a big Bob's player. a great team player. That's the he, thing. Oh, absolutely. He's and that's so why, open to editorial and uh, yeah. Right, which leads me to my next point. So, when Bob comes to me with the idea for Broken Gargoyles, and like any writer, including myself, he had the idea for the big story. And you know me, and my whole career has been about the delivery, Nightmare World eight-page stories. Eventually it becomes this big, giant thing, but the delivery was two pages a week every Thursday. Every month a new story. We distribute it online. It, 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 comics is as much about the delivery model and how you do as anything else. 
So when Bob talked to me about Broken Gargoyle, I said, look, man, this three-issue model works for SourcePoint. It worked for Ogre. You should consider something like that for Broken Gargoyle. You have this big story here, but can you somehow break it into three-issue chunks where it's self-contained? But then if it takes off like Ogre did, you could then do another three-issue blast, a three-issue blast. No, so we talked about that. We kind of got it, got the general shape of it. I said, cool. One thing, one role in the comic industry that does not get the fucking credit it deserves are editors. And I'm not talking about necessarily just proofreaders, although proofreading is important as well, but editors. Right now with SourcePoint Press, I am very fortunate to work with three very – and throughout my career now, three especially very strong editors. Leah Letterman, Heather Antos, Drina Joe. Editors will help even the best writers. And we talked about the Young Turks coming up, and it's very interesting right now because we have a lot of writers coming up who are starting to really bubble and percolate a little bit. And as a guy with a more experience – I've been talking to some of the different creators. I know not just SourcePoint, but across the board, but including SourcePoint. Fuck it. I'm just going to be real and say, you really probably want to get an editor to help you it's continue a to refine, yeah. continue to refine what you're doing. Yes. And some people are very receptive to that. And some people aren't like, oh, I don't need an editor, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, and I've said that. Like, I go, I use an editor. Am I an asshole? Well, no, but I said, Am I I'm a good writer, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I go, I'm good and I use an editor. It's yeah. not a sign of weakness. All professionals it's use outside. an editor. You yeah, don't get a choice. Every, everybody, <laughs> if you go get a job, and that's the thing. It's like, look, man, if your goal someday is to work for Marvel or DC, you're going to have an editor. And they're going to tell you what to fucking do. And yeah, and they're not going to be so nice as these editors. Like, they're, they're not going to be as kindly as Drina. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, or, or Leah or, well, or Heather. Yeah. Again, now let, let me use a personal example with Hope. Issue 1 of Hope was done before I even gave it to Kaylin Smith to look at. We did Issue 1 of Hope, Kaylin and I alone, co-creator, but that first issue was written by me top to bottom. She drew it. We then brought in, when we took the book to SourcePoint Press, brought on Heather Antos as an editor. Heather looked at that first issue, and Heather and I got on Skype, and we talked for about two hours about some changes to make to the issue. Now, the issue was already done. So then my job was to mitigate the work that Kaylin had to do to tweak it. But she's like, you got a couple of real serious problems with this issue. Now, I didn't think there were problems. I think the issue was fine. But I heard what Heather had to say. Heather has worked for Marvel. Now she works for Valiant. She's done image image books as well. Heather Antos knows her shit. So I was willing to listen. I agreed with about 75% of what she said. So then I then had to figure out – so I had to go back to Kaylin, like, oh, we need to restructure some of these pages and stuff like that. And Kaylin's like, fuck, man, I got to re- – I said, just – I think this is going to work. And Kaylin is a fucking professional, man. She is a trooper. And I tell Kaylin all the time I enjoy working with her because she does – she'll she, she's a team player. She does the work, and she's very talented. We restructured the first issue of Hope so, like, the self-published version is a little bit different than the final version that was the free comic book day version. Cool. Issue two, we had Heather involved at the beginning. We tweaked the script, stuff like that. Then she works with Carrie on the art, uh, Kaylin on the art as we go, blah, blah, blah. Issue three, same thing. Kaylin, the way it works is I write a script. Well, let me back up. The way Hope works, 
Kaylin and I have the had the beats for the whole story arc. When I brought her on as brought her on as co-creator, we talked about the beats to the whole story. Now, ultimately, I'm the driver. I'm the captain. It's my property. I came up with it, but we co-own it. So Kaylin gets a lot of insight in the process, right? We did the beats. I go back, write the scripts. Kaylin and I volley them back and forth. Then we feed it to Heather. And Heather usually jams it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She picks it apart. She she gets the soft spots that we don't see, jams it up, jam, you know, beats it up. She gives it back to me. Kaylin and I figure out what we're going to agree with, what we're not, which is usually at least about 75% of the stuff that Heather suggests is a good idea. There's some stuff that we're just like, sorry. It's our book at the end of the day. We don't want to go that direction. Fine. And Heather yeah. comes from the world of superheroes. Hope is a, a book about a superhero, but it's not a superhero comic. Fine. We get to issue four. I lo- No. No, I lied. Issue five. Issue five. I loved this script. Oh, my God. It was so good. And it was just right. so feeling it. Give it to Kaylin. She makes some very, very good adjustments on it. Again, it's based on the story that her and I kind of put together. Tweak it a little bit more. Give it to Heather. I'm like, oh, man, this one's money. Heather despised it. Really? Did, that, that, did not despise it. She just thought that the issue was all wrong. And I'm like, that's right. I'm like, really? And I, I like, had to go like five guys, burgers and fries and like get some comfort food and calm down. I'm like, this is the best fucking issue I've wrote yet. The fuck are you talking about? Like, okay. Okay. Don't be precious. Right. You brought her in for a reason. Breathe. We set up a call. And I said, Heather, what is it with this issue that you didn't like? And she goes, well, blah, 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 you know. So it ends up that all the pieces of the issue were good, but ultimately I kind of told them out of order, if that makes sense. Right. You know, so I ended up for the first time in my career having to go back and rewrite a 22-page script from top to bottom just to reshuffle the pieces into the right order. All right. Much stronger. I've been around almost 20 fucking years. I'm still doing this stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure, you know. So you the know. whole point of this is that good on you, Bob, for right. using an so, editor. <laughs> right, right, right. So bringing it back to Bob. Well, so bringing it back to Bob. Right. I, I was getting there. I promise. But sometimes, you know, I got to take the long road. Hey, it's my so, job. Right. I was, I was, I was three first there, but that's fine. Push me to the end. So come back to Bob. Broken Gargoyles. I said, look, this is a great story. I think that's the shape of it. And I said, but I think what you need is a good editor to help you buff and polish this. And I said, I'm working on some other projects with, with Twisted and some other stuff with this, uh, you know, this woman, Drina Joe. Drina's great. I think you guys will get along really well. I think she will talk to her, see if this is something that she would want to do. So I hook him up with Drina Joe. Now they're doing real well. Because again, you know, there's, again, I, I have three editors in my pocket. I got down my pocket, but three I work with between Leah, who's been with me for a long time. He did all the Nightmare World stuff. But again, that was stuff that was mainly done to Heather, who I knew was at capacity anyway because she just got that job at Valiant, and then then Adrena Joe. So I introduced Bob and Drina. I said, you guys talk, stuff like that. And I will say that Bob's idea is great, but the seeing the final product – and I don't know all the ins and outs of how they work together exactly. That's, you know, that's between yeah, Bob. Yeah, you were there that, the whole that, way. Yeah, yeah. I'm not there. That, 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 that's their jam. But I will say what I saw originally and the stuff that Bob showed me to what I saw now was the, the dressed and finished Broken Gargoyles issue number one 
with Bob Sally writing, Stan Yak drawing, Drina Joe editing. Mother fucker. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's, it, it really see, is. It was, a, it was a long buildup for a big punchline. It's game changing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and good. And, and this goes back to my journalism days. A good. And, and I never, ever, ever in my life have taken a journalism class. Ever, which was the bane of all the people I worked with, the newspaper and the magazine, because I wasn't a right. journalist. I just right. like to write. But the one thing I took away, the editor told me, was an editor's job is to help you tell the story that you want to tell. Yes. Makes sense. And that story that Bob showed me a year or so back, versus now with the final product, with him having a good editor on that book too, is what makes that book what it is. So to all the creators out there, even a creator-owned work, I own everything I write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost every, I don't own Twisted, obviously, because they Twisted own Twisted. But you got to look at that full picture, and as you grow, you got to start bringing in good editors. And again, now, like, going back to Hope, with issue number six of Hope, Kaylin and I, the ending of the volume one is was, was Kaylin's idea. It's what sold me on bringing her into the, the tea, to, to making her a co-creator on this book and doing this book with her together. Because Kayla and I just had a conversation the other day, and she goes, she goes, she goes, people still see Hope as your book. And I said, that's funny, because to me, my fans see it as my book, but I think your fans see it as your book. You know, it's like, which is fine. Yeah. I don't care. But it's just interesting that we both see each other. As well, people like, got to get to know. Like that's one thing, right. Stan Yaks. This is why this is it's so great that I think this is going to be, if anything, a game changer for Stan Yak. Absolutely. You know, getting off all that self-publishing, you know, that was going on and doing something like this. I mean, this guy needs to be brought out there. This guys, and, in, guys in fucking Russia were same thing with Marian Alessandro on Twisted. They're in Italy. No one here knew who they were. No one knows who Stan was. He's in Russia for God's sake. He's in Siberia or something. Yeah. He's doing, you know. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, issue six. We give it to, to Heather, and she really had a point of contention with this thing towards the end of the book, which I'm not going to say, obviously. Right. And then it was like we'd have this discussion, and I'm like, this is the non-negotiable. You know, but then Kaylin's like, well, you know, maybe we do change. I said, look, man, no. This is too important. This is – like, Kaylin, this is what made me realize you were the right one for this book. I'm not – losing this element but we have a rule between kayla and heather and i if any two of us agree that's majority vote and we all got to go with it okay period that's that's our dynamic on that book right. which is important to me too because writing a book with a female lead character which is very much about issues of women in society if i can't have one of them agreeing with me or if they both disagree with me you're probably off a little. I'm probably <laughs> off. Yeah, <right? laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. I, I'm probably missing the boat on something. <laughs> I have to admit, I was a little worried at first when I started reading it because he does use some very, very familiar archetypes and tropes. Yes. yes. But, but like in the like as I started to read it, I was like, oh, I'm familiar. Like they were just familiar kind of plots. In, you know, just the way it started oh, out. Agree. I agree with you. And then, like well, you say, the way it got delivered was – it's fucking brilliant. I cannot yeah. – this book is – you're right, game changer. Yeah. Game changing. And the thing yeah. is – and again, I'm not taking anything away from Bob. 
I'm not taking anything away from uh, from Stan, and I'm not trying to overly sell the idea of having an editor. Yes, but, you are, and that's okay because it's well, important. No, no, I'm not overselling <laughs> it, but I am saying how important it is. Even on like Tales of Mystery Volume Five, which I'm writing right now, you know, uh, uh, Drina Joe's editing that book with me as well, you know, and, and this is a book where more never getting getting her perspective. And some things to book and have those conversations, even when we disagree, or with Hope, with Heather Antos, or even on Cthulhu Jr. with Leah, you know, having another creative person come in who sees what you're wanting to do and says, well, what if you went this direction? It creates game-changing stuff. And Albert Einstein said it best. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. We have all these young Turk creators coming up. We got, you know – and no offense to Dave Hayes, you know, Dave has been around for a minute too, but guys like Dave, guys like Casey, guys like Bob, you know, who are really coming into their own in this industry now. Yeah. You know, and, and the list goes on and on and on. Look at the source point roster. Most of the people, the roster have not had a ton of books out. I would argue that, and I'm not trying to put myself over here, but out of the roster, I probably have more comics out than anybody else on the roster. I think. And if I don't, so maybe again, a- just maybe David might be the only one closest. And that's like going with like all his offshoots and one shots and contributions. But yeah, you're definitely right. you're. But probably, I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, is your name on a comic that you wrote? You know, I right. mean, and again, and again, I'm not making it a pissing contest, <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm not. That's not my, my point. Point being that I have a lot of books out and even me continuing to to learn the value of editors because let's be honest too. Let's be real. I'm looking at right now with my own two eyes, a spinner rack two thirds plus full of my work. Right. I put out a lot of shit and I've gotten to a certain point. Now, Bringing in editors like Heather Antos and Andrina Joe and, and working with Leah Letterman more in a true editorial capacity. I'm seeing bigger results. It's a comic book day. I've got a book on Halloween comic book fest, stuff like that. So the the editors can adding to your team and adding your internal capacity can take the next level. It's the same thing with broken gargoyles. Like I said, I mean, obviously you can't judge any book by its rough draft, by its outline, but bringing in editors to push you to that next level and to push the art and to push the writing. That is what. Yeah. Look at uh, when I got to chat with all the Black Panther crew, it was uh, like Sal Valetto and Bob Allman and Don McGregor and right. Christopher Priest, all these guys. And on stage with us, we had Ruben Diaz because mm-hmm. he's the that you know he was the editor who made that shit happen. That team doesn't come together without Ruben making that shit happen the way it did. And, look at look at you know, look at the Marvel Renaissance. The yeah. the new Marvel Renaissance happened under Axel Alonso and Joe Quesada. Sure, yeah. And yeah. arguably Bill Jemis. Yeah. But again, it was that editorial guidance. Yeah, it's well known here. It, uh, editors in Toronto have always been a very, very elite, uh, you know, group of people because it's, you know, just with all the top industry guys working here right now that, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, it's it's just always been known how important it is. That's why, uh, like, Allison O'Toole. 
Alison O'Toole, superstar, up and coming Toronto editor of the Toronto mm-hmm. Comics Anthology, Wayward Sisters, Cirrus, yeah, yep, yep, for yep. you know Source Point Press. Even Source Point's got her, you know, involved because people like she's got a waiting list. Like you can't believe it. everybody in the city wants to work with Allison <clears throat> because you know they've seen the way she helps teams bring books to life and come together. And, well, that's exactly you know, it. And, and a good editor will not dilute your brand or your vision, but they will help you amplify it. Absolutely. They'll help you, know, you clarify and, 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 it. Yeah. And, and Broken Gargoyles, it's Bob and, and I would argue Stan amplified. I'm not saying Bob and Stan couldn't get there on their own, but I'm saying – Knowing having that 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 rare that true privilege I, of that fr- that I friendship feel, with Bob to see where it started to where it is now. I don't think it's. Ampli- I know what happened. I, yeah, it's partly amplified, but I can't get past the clarified part for well, me. Well, you're right. Amplified, the focused, and the the cleaned, yes, refined, yes. cleaned, fine. You know, because like you know, Stan's the, Stan can do superhero art like nobody else. Mm-hmm. And yet this is not superhero art. This is Stan drawn from his his You're own right. heart. You know it, what I it's mean? It's purified. It's amplified. It's refined. not again, fantastical. It's, like, it's not mystical. Yeah. It's real it, shit it, on the page. It's it's boiling it down to its essence, and it's yes. and it adds their edits. They trim away the fat. Yeah, and you and, know, Bo- it, yeah, and Bob's reached such a beautiful balance. I just want us to. Give our brother Bob a little uh, play up to the world because, you know, maybe the buzz can even start here as far as media-wise because, you know, this is something that, you know, Dirk and I have both been very, very few. I think less than 10, 5 to 10 people have been privileged enough to read this book. And it's not not coming out till uh, I think, uh, previews 2020, maybe – I think he said April or something. So there's a while to oh, go. Yeah, well, but... Source Point's so so booked up right now, yeah, and that's yeah. fine because now, yeah, having the these books like yeah, but no reason not to start building the Jesus. hype for this book now. I, yeah, incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Broken Gargoyles is going to be one of the breakout books of Source Point of 2020. And I also believe going to end it on this note that in some capacity, someday, Haunted Highons will end up animated. I, I I've read the series and I was like, this is so much fun. You guys have nailed down the fun of this. It feels like mystery without the the heaviness, mm-hmm. and it feels it's easily the most fun thing you've ever written. Like you know, like hope is pretty serious shit. You know, oh, you and t- Tales you... Mystery is serious but fun, yeah. but Haunted yeah. Highons is just off the wall fucking having a blast. And you know, you you write it, you take you write it seriously. You take it seriously, even though it's such a fun book. But mm-hmm. it really, guys, check out Haunted High Odds if you just want to have a blast of a read. Um, yeah, and I and, see and, it. And, I see and, it and cartooned. I'd love to see it cartooned oh, yeah. out, man. I really would. Well, you are not alone. That is that is one of the most consistent things I've heard about this. You're book. trying to hear the music while you're reading it. And the mood, and not just like twisted music or soundtrack music, but like almost like Scooby Doo type music mixed with a little bit of you know fucking you know just I don't know Stranger Things music. Just I, I it just it lends itself so perfectly. You guys did a such a fucking wonderful job with that book, man. I tell you. Thank you. Well, and you are not the only person that I dare say has been surprised about that book. Um, it, 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 it's a book. I, I have such fun doing it and, and I've been pushing and I've made no secret of this fact. I've been pushing people, you know, 
get past the Juggalo prejudice. It's like if you like my stuff, it's not Juggalo. It's, it's not. not. It, they have moved not. so no, far any... beyond any of that nineties <laughs> fucking bullshit. They really right. have. They right. really it's have. just it's an adult Scooby Doo book. It's fun, and, and that's the thing that too. I guess what I would want to end with is the fact that when we're looking ahead to this next twelve months of books, the Haunted Highons uh, trip because the issues are sold out. Yeah, but you can maybe get them from a SourcePoint booth or SourcePoint's online store, maybe Magic Ninja Entertainment's online store. Good luck finding those issues at this point. Well, Twisted well, guess, came guess, to guess, guess, guess who's got a bunch sitting in the uh, SourcePoint North warehouse as we speak, so y'all just Good. need to come up, catch a show in Ontario. Well, I'll tell you what, because, tw- I mean, full disclosure, Twisted came to me looking for some of the issues, and I'm like, guys are gone. With me, they get they're sold. We say sold out. That's not hype. Maybe I we need are, to send a few are, back to you guys. Yeah, well, Travis will let you know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're gone. You yeah. know, I mean, they, they're they're in the hands of you know some dealers here and there, but that we I don't even have them. Well, here's the but, thing, so man. They, like you wrote, you wrote. You know, I've read all your stuff. I was always a fan. I enjoyed it. I appreciated it. But you guys, you and I, kind of became friends beyond anything else. Absolutely. Now you finally wrote something for me. Like, you know, no, really, like this is in my wheelhouse. This is in my alleyway. This is the kind of comic book that I can enjoy. And I just I'd love it so much more for that fact that, you know, I don't, you know, well, that, and, that I can. Like, I'd love this book if I didn't know you as well as I do. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and that's and that's the comp- and that's the thing that I'm really excited about. And again, I think I think this kind of you know, dovetails our whole conversation today is like in 2020, we have uh, the Tales Mystery Aquan Omnibus, and then we'll have towards the end of 2020, I imagine, Tales Mystery Volume 5, which it's so crazy to say I'm doing Volume 5 of a book. I keep saying Volume 4, <laughs> but you know, it's Volume 5 of Tales Mystery. Yeah. So the Haunted Highons graphic novel, Hope, Cthulhu Jr., and then Right or Wrong Volume 2, at minimum. Those five titles, the diversity between Hope, to Haunted Highons, to Cthulhu Jr., to Tales of Mystery alone. Let's even take Right or Wrong Volume 2 off the table. Just those four titles alone is what I'm really excited about people seeing is that I'm a horror guy at heart. And there's a horror element to Cthulhu Jr. There's a horror element to Haunted Highons. There's even a horror element to Hope that's just not Booga Booga Monster Horror, you know, and obviously Tales of Mystery right. is like I steeped in horror noir, you know, bleeding on the page type stuff. But the the diversity of books go, coming out, not only through me personally, but then the that's just a microcosm of the diversity of books coming out through Sourcepoint Press. Oh, it's pretty insane, yeah. You know, yeah. so it's going to be a really, really, Did really you ever read Wretched Things? Have you had a chance to read that yet? That's Devin Wong's book out of Toronto here, him and Ken Perry, where the it, household vermin decide to rise up and take the house no, back from I humanity. No, I haven't. I haven't. Dude, you've got to read that shit. Stack. It's like that's a rate, Dude, you should put it to the top. It's like a rated R Pixar movie. Dude, it's oh, fucking oh, so yeah. good. But it has that incredible cover like, with like the rat with, on the yeah, cover. Yeah, dude, the, the oh, book's good. Like, it just occurred yeah, to me. Yeah, you that haven't read really, that. Like, and again, it's like that, the cover and the concept of it and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah you know. No, you gotta, yeah, you got to read that one, man. It's well, right especially because, alley, like dude. I said, if I'm going to be getting a drug up into Canada in 2020, I need to make sure I'm familiar it's with all our It's going to happen. I'm so excited. I 
think we just may have pulled off an even, even a two-part podcast because that was uh, <laughs> two hours of a fucking dirt bomb from hell, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we, we were over. We were overdue. We were overdue. We were quite yeah, overdue, well, and I believe that this. Uh, if if I break this into two episodes. I believe it officially puts you back on top as uh, the most recurring guest in the history of the show. This better be two parts. Uh, I think uh, that's may- maybe how we have to pull it. But uh, kids, um, all that stuff that he just said, <laughs> it's too much. It's always too much. But you know what? The easiest thing to do uh, is actually to go online and just follow Dirk. At Dirk Manning all over the place on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, because he will keep you updated constantly with all of the happenings going on. If you have yet to lend your soul to the cult uh, that is of Dirk, the family, uh, the, I family. the family, the family, the support group, the friends, the the, <laughs> the whole goddamn thing. Dirk, I love you. Oh, Jay, you know you're my favorite people. I love you to death. And then real quick, the one thing I was going to mention is uh, DirkMang.com has my touring schedule as well. Uh, so by the time all of you hear this, I'll be in the midst of that nine-week tour, taking me through New York to Chicago to Michigan uh, to Florida, my first time ever in Florida. Then I'll be ending the tour back up in Grand Rapids. Uh, Michigan, so yeah, uh, which Grand Rapids is not terribly far from a lot of our Canadian friends. So um, yeah, check DirkManning.com. Signing and appearances has my full schedule list. You can sign up for my monthly newsletter there. Uh, but Jay, thank you, brother. And, and I'll tell you, I have to say this before we wrap up our two-part episode. <laughs> I, I think I'll – I don't know if I'll see you Grand Rapids, but I'll definitely see you in February for Astronomicon latest. Heck yeah. Because you're not doing New York, right? No, not this year. No. Okay, okay. I'm off till and, the new year. Except, sorry okay. for the the Mississauga Comic Expo. I'll rep you. I'll be repping right. a, a source right. point table there. But yeah. So I'll, I I will see you again in February. It'll be a, it'll be basically almost a year since I, we've hung out oh, in person. God. That's ridiculous. But you are, but my point being, think about where you were last February to where you are now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Feels good when you I, make I me am, do that. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. so brother, I am just very happy for all the, the things that have been going on in your life, uh, all the things that you've been doing. I appreciate uh, that. Continued man. success of the show. I mean, having 349 episodes by the time people hear these words is pretty incredible. Uh, and and uh, and also the, this cauldron goals. You still need to get on that team one day. Uh, issue three, or sorry, the issue. By the way, kids. This coming Monday, which is actually tomorrow as of what we're recording this, so you won't hear it, so it'll be too late. But on uh, Monday, September 9th, this coming Monday, will be the Cauldron Issue 3, I should say Volume 3 Kickstarter. Begins on Monday, starring yours truly as the dweller in the cellar, featuring a cameo from Dr. Stevel himself. So, uh, Cauldron, Volume 3, this thing has taken off and it's doing amazingly well. Uh, also, uh, Volume 2, you can still get featuring uh, Miss Casey Pierce and Miss Casey Pierce and Mr. Casey Parsons. Two very legendary and fantastic Casey's are coming yeah. together to do a story for Volume 
Volume 3. And uh, to continue making The Cauldron Magazine without Dirk Manning's involvement just makes no sense to me. Man, look, let's talk off the air. We're just going to have them get a hold yeah, of me and yeah. make something We're going to have to talk it's to Mr. Like Sam Noir. Uh, not like I have been busy. <laughs> no, they're honestly – it's it's also them. They're filling up. Like so many people want to be a part of this thing that they've, yeah, they've well, literally having to been like knocking people back to like the next issue, which is a great problem to have. So – uh, we're so, going to well, do yeah, that up. But uh, again, Dirk, uh, thank you so much. It is always such a pleasure to have you here at home on An Elegant Weapon. Uh, but kids, uh, for last week and this week, uh, part one and part two, that is all we are going to have on An Elegant Weapon. Take it easy. It must be something wrong with me.